name is Korapeti, Korapeti Masilo, and I will be ministering today according to what the word of the Lord has told me. We are going to do a lot of reading. Yeah. So, I'm not going to cover everything. For reference point, can you please go home and read Genesis chapter 37 to 50? Genesis from chapter 37 to 50. But for this morning, I want to ask two questions. I actually wanted to bring the boards. You know, the auction boards when you ask and then you must raise, yes. I want it to be that interactive. The first question that I want to ask and I want an answer by raising of hands is how many of you know that there is a purpose in Christ that needs to be fulfilled? How many of you know that you have a purpose in Christ that you need to fulfill? All right, that's like 35%. Okay. Number two, if you were told that you have one week left remaining on earth, how many of you will be living the last week of your life as you are living your life today? If you knew that you had one week left, how many of you will be living that one week the way you are living your life right now? We have three hands. That's like 0.9%. So you yeah. All right. So we are going to read from Genesis chapter 7, 37. Genesis 37. I'm just going to summarize. It's a story about Joseph. Joseph. So Joseph had a dream. And in the dream, God was basically showing him what he has called him for or what he's going to do. So I'll read chapter 5 to 11. You can follow. Genesis 37 to 11. It reads like this. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and the father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come down to, buy to, you, to bow down before you? And his brothers envied him even more. But his father kept the matter in mind. 
Amen. Amen. So this is a dream. Joseph didn't make it up. He was minding his business and God gave him a dream. And in this dream, God was showing him where he's taking Joseph. When his brothers had this dream, they were filled with jealousy and envy. And they plotted to kill him. So they planned when they were in the field and the father sent Joseph to go check if the brothers are fine. The Bible says that they saw him coming from afar off. And they conspired to kill him. They are killing him for the purpose that God has called him for. So after they plotted, one of the eldest brother, Reuben, was like, no, let's not kill the boy. Rather, let's sell him to slavery. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers took him, removed his coat of many colors, put him there in the well. And, and when the Ishmaelites were passing by, then they sold Joseph off to slavery. Just like that, Joseph was a slave. Joseph Sold because of what God has shown him. And they took his coat and filled it with blood and basically told the father that Joseph had been killed. Can you imagine God telling you that I have called you for this purpose. This is your dream and you are still fired up. While you are still sharing your dream, you are sold into slavery. And it seems as if like that purpose is destroyed. But I love the attitude of Joseph. We are going to go to chapter 39. 39 verse 1. So when Joseph arrived in Egypt, he, he was assigned to Potiphar's house. Potiphar, Potiphar was a captain of the guards and Joseph was taken there to be a slave. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And all they had put under him, he put under Joseph's authority. Amen. Amen. 
I think this is the part that I love that as much as he was sold into slavery and he was a slave but him being a slave in Egypt God was with him and God made everything to prosper in his hands they say he was a Joseph was a successful man but more of like a successful slave because he was still a slave But it just shows that it does not matter the situation that you have found yourself in. Once you have committed your life to serve the Lord. Even in that situation of slavery he will make you prosperous. Joseph didn't get there and was angry and bitter that his brothers betrayed him. Joseph only again akwa outlele botlhoko gore ba gholo ba ga ba morekisitse. Because if he had taken that route he was not going to do anything. He was just going to sit there and plot revenge. Oh hanga nkile yona tsela yeo ya kutlo botlhoko. But it was not like a quick solution. But it was by his doing he did something in that situation. Ele le ka me sebetsi ya gagwe bo maemong ana le mogone. That God caused to prosper. Had he not done anything and said there was not going to be any prosperity. So out of all slaves, how did Potiphar see that the Lord is with Joseph? There are so many slaves, but this slave was distinguished from the rest. And fast forward after he found favor in Potiphar's house and he's thinking okay this is not bad then Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of something he didn't do And just like that Joseph is removed from that position of authority And now he's taken to prison for something he didn't do First He was sold into slavery for telling people this is what God showed me. Now he's been taken to prison falsely accused for something he didn't do. Now we But when Joseph was in prison He still maintained an attitude of fellowship with God. Even in prison he was still able to hear from God. Being in prison did not take away his ability of who he was. Um I want us to read chapter 9:21 to 23. Amen. And this is what happened. So he was in authority in Potiphar's house, but Potiphar's wife falsely accused him. So they removed him from that seat of authority. And then he was in prison. But even in prison, verse 21 it says, "But the Lord was with Joseph." And showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
And even in prison, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So even when the enemy had thought that, no, I have now plotted and I'm causing a discomfort, he can't be living happy like this, he was taken to prison. But even in that prison situation, the Lord was with Joseph. And it says everything that he did prospered. So it means that even in prison, he didn't get there and cried and say, I was falsely accused and plot revenge. But even when he got to prison, he continued to do. And that work that he was doing, God made it prosper. There was prosperity because he was doing something in prison. So then, just moving on, then Farah had a chief butler and a chief baker. They offended Farah, so Farah then threw those two people in prison where Joseph was committed. And afterwards, these two people who were in prison both had dreams. But they were disturbed by the dreams because they didn't know what they meant. And reading chapter 40, we are now in chapter 40, verse 7. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of the Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me the dream, please. Joseph is in prison, but he is ready to minister. But we can Joseph was in prison, but even in his prison, his gifts were working in prison. Him being in prison did not stop God from talking to him. And he did not forget who he was just because he was in prison. And then God, Joseph interpreted the dreams rightfully so and say that for the butler in three days, he's going to be restored back to his position. The other one in three days, he's going to be hanged. He's going to be hanged. Yes. And in three days' time, exactly how Joseph has, had interpreted it came to pass. And the one who was restored to his bosses, to his position, Joseph said, do not forget me once they restore you. Joseph remained in prison for two years because he was forgotten. But even when he was forgotten, he helped the person and now the person forgot him. 
It still did not cause bitterness in his heart. Can you imagine you've been sold? You're in this situation because your brothers betrayed you. From your brothers betraying you, you are in prison because you are falsely accused. In prison, you use your gift to set someone free and they forget you. Just because God showed you a dream. All of this because God showed you a dream. One thing I want us to also take from this situation is just because you are in prison does not mean that there will not be an opportunity for you to walk in your gifts. There will always be an opportunity for you to do what God has called you to do. And then Pharaoh had a dream. Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. God showed Pharaoh two dreams that he did not know what it meant. And Pharaoh called all the magicians and all the wise men to come and interpret the dream. And the Bible says there was no one in Egypt that could interpret the dream. Then the chief butler remembered that there is a man who, who interpreted my dreams. And according to the interpretation, it came to pass. And Pharaoh said, call that man to me. I want us to then go to chapter... We are still on chapter 41. I'm not going to read this, but then 28 to 36, the Bible talks that then Joseph came, Pharaoh told Joseph the dream, and then Joseph interpreted the dream and said that your dream means this. There will be seven years of plenty. And after the seven years of plenty, there will be seven years of severe famine. So God, so God is showing you this because you need to get ready. Because if you, do, if you do not prepare for this famine, it is going to destroy everything. All Egypt and all the lands will be destroyed. Joseph went even further through using the wisdom of God and gave him advice and said to avoid the situation. In the seven years, store a fifth of all the produce and just keep it. And in the times of the famine, you will use that that you stored before. Now you are going to read 41 to chapter 41, verse 37. 37 to 41, it reads like this. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. 
and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set all the land of Egypt over you. Amen. Amen. After Joseph had spoken to Pharaoh, this was Pharaoh's conclusion. This is someone who was initially sold through slavery. Now he is the second in command in Egypt. He did not do anything to put himself in that position. But what he did was when he was going through those trials and challenges and situations, his heart was still willing to listen to God. And God took him from that situation to make him second in command. And then fast forward, the famine came, Egypt went into famine, all the lands went into famine, but because they had stored, they were able to survive the seven years. So now his brothers then experienced the famine and they heard that Egypt has produce. So then they went to Egypt. Joseph, while he was still there, he had two children, two sons. And these were the names that he called his sons. The first one he said, it is Manasseh. And he says, because God has caused me to forget all my toil. Then the second one, he called Ephraim. And he says, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And that that is God. that, That even in the land of your affliction, you will be fruitful if you give your ways to him. That your circumstance will not dictate your destiny. But when God has given you that word, and it seems as if like things are going south, but if you continue to keep your eyes on him, he will make you fruitful even when everything is happening around you. And just moving then forward, the brothers came and Joseph basically revealed himself to the brothers and said, it is I. In chapter 45, verse 7, when his brothers were feeling guilty, 
remembering that they are the ones that sold Joseph into slavery. Listen to Joseph's response. Verse 7, he says, And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Amen. Joseph when he looks at his life and introspects at everything that has happened, he's like, "No, it seemed as if like you were selling me to slavery. Yes, I am here, but it was not you that brought me here, but it was God." And that's why we need to keep our eyes fixed on what God has called us for. Because God just showed Joseph the dreams, but he didn't say anything about how he's going to get to that position. I was thinking if it was me and I've been sold into slavery, I was going to plan an exit. Amen. That was what I was going to do. I was going to plan an exit. But we need to be aware what God is doing because it seemed as if like he was going into slavery, but it was actually God's plan being fulfilled in his life. And from slavery to prison, but it was God's will being fulfilled in his life. So the things that God has committed to us, we really need to pray that we do not allow circumstances to deceive us and make us think that things are going wrong when things are actually going right. And just wrapping up um, Joseph's story, or Joseph's life rather, I'm just going to read chapter 50, verse 20. You see, we went from chapter 37 to 50. And in this, then Joseph concludes again in the end and says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Amen. In order to bring about it as is this day to save many people. Hallelujah. So even when you're in that circumstance and it seemed as if like someone had plotted against you. When your eyes are not fixed on the circumstances, but when your eyes are fixed on the word of God. You are able to rejoice even in the plotting because you say, I see that you have meant this for evil, but actually, this is for my good. You are able to look beyond the act that someone did and see the purpose that God is calling you for. Another person that I, I want to study is, I want us to look at rather is Jesus. You know, Jesus, yeah, he's very courageous and bold. And the part of his life that I want to look at is how God revealed to him who was going to betray him. 
And the betrayal was part of the purpose that he needed to fulfill. Jesus having this knowledge, he was still walking around with Judas. They were still eating together and dining. He still washed his feet. Even though he knew that this was the one that was going to betray him. Because it was not about how he was feeling at the moment about what Judas is going to do. It was not about how he was feeling about what Jesus was going to do. But he had purpose of God in his mind that this needs to be fulfilled. And I'm willing to put every emotion aside that the will of God in my life can be fulfilled. And it even shows how God was able to trust Jesus with this information because the Bible says that the secrets of the Lord are with the righteous. God showed Jesus this thing that was going to happen because he knew that Jesus had purpose in his mind. Imagine someone like us showing you that this brother or this sister is going to betray you. Immediately when you wake up, you go confront them. And you're like, God showed me this. On that note, I'm cutting you off. Because we don't have the purpose of God in mind. And when Jesus maintained the purpose of God in his life, the Bible says that even when he was got to fulfillment and he had done everything, and he was praying, then Jesus was like, Father, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. This is Jesus who knew what the will of God was for his life. He knew what he had to endure. And he was doing well. But in the end, when he really thought about it, he was like, yo, Lord, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus being the Son of God, Jesus being the Word of God made flesh, even he knew that, that the Father's will for his life was greater than his will. And he surrendered that will to the Father. And we need to get to that point. I mean, how many of us have vision boards where you write family, career, Amen. academic, Amen. the vision board? Amen. Yes. And on that vision board, how many have you committed to God? More vision board. Yes, it is your vision board. But how many of those points have you committed to God? One thing about choosing to follow Jesus 
And fulfilling the will of God upon your life. Is that you will be surrounded by persecution. You will have some sort of suffering. Because there is a price that needs to be paid. But I like Paul's response when he had to go minister in Jerusalem. A prophet of God came and Vela saw a prophet and said, listen, the belt of who this one belongs to, when you get there, they are going to bind you. And all the saints were praying and saying, do not go. But Paul had God's purpose in mind. He knew that there is a purpose that he needed to fulfill. And his response was, I am not ready to go there to be bound, but I am ready to die there for the gospel's sake. That is the price that he was willing to pay. And then you realize that the call of God upon your life is not about comfort. It's not about convenience. You know, I remember at some point I was sitting and I'm like, God, to be honest, your will is inconvenient. It's, it's very inconvenient because you have planned that you're going to go this way. But God says, this is the way that I have chosen for you. But you know that being in the center of the Lord's will is the best place that you can be. For the moment, it might seem as if like it's not desirable. But you are safe in that space at the center of God's will for your life. The last point that I want to touch on is when we look at the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus, it seems as if like things were taking a detour, but that's actually God was calling them to that place. But there were people, but there are people whose lives have really taken a detour because of circumstances of life of setbacks that have happened in their lives whatever setback that you want to call by name be it family, be it marriage be it finances, be it children be it fornication, be it abortion whatever setback that you've had in your life all the traumas that you have experienced. And it seems like that setback has taken you 10 years back. And it seems as if like there is no returning back from the setback. I want to encourage you and say you have a purpose in Christ. Your calling in Christ was not deleted by your setback. Because your purpose in Christ was established from the foundation of the world. So there is nothing that you can do that can change God's purpose for your life. The only thing that you can do is to reject that purpose. 
So even in that setback, I want you to remember that I have a destiny in Christ. I want everybody to repeat after me and heartfelt in your heart to say, I have a destiny in Christ. I have a destiny in Christ. That I need to fulfill. That I need to fulfill. I have a destiny in Christ. I have a destiny in Christ. That I need to fulfill. That I need to fulfill. And the beautiful thing about having a setback just like where Joseph was, is that even in that setback, in that deep, deep pit, God is with you. Even in that darkness, God is with you. Just because you have taken steps back does not mean God has left you. But you must remember that I am a child of God. I am born of the word of God. I am born of the incorruptible seed. I have had a setback. But my identity in Christ has not changed. What changed was my circumstances, but my identity didn't change. I want us to read Psalm 139. Psalm 139. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 139, um, verse 7 to 11. Uh, this is powerful. It says, Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be my light. Amen. This is God saying, no matter what situation you have found yourself, no matter how far you have strayed, wherever you are, even there, God is with you. What you need to do is to gather the boldness and the courage. And remember the word of God concerning your life. And say, I am a child of God. I have blundered, but I am a child of God. I have a destiny in Christ that I need to fulfill. And you repeat the words that were spoken by the prodigal son. After he had squandered all his money. And he realized that out there it's tough. The Bible says that when he came back to his senses. And he realized the situation that he was in. He was like, I will arise and go to my father's house. And I will say to my father, only against you I have sinned. I cannot remain in this situation because I am a child of God. I remember that I have a father. And the beautiful thing about the father, the Bible says that 
When they saw him approaching, he had not even arrived. He had not even confessed anything. Just him approaching, the father says, prepare a celebration. Because my son is coming home. And the Bible said that the father ran towards him to meet him. Because he was coming home. So whatever situation that you find yourself, Remember that there is a destiny in Christ that needs to to be fulfilled. And God has committed to that destiny. And whenever you are ready to walk in it, He's ready to take that journey with you. Because His purpose for your life never changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I please have the music team um, come up? One thing I want us to take note of, saints, is that there is grace. The grace of God is there for us to fulfill our purpose in Christ. The grace of God will give us the ability to do what God has called us to do. Just think that we must, one thing we must note is that we should not take that grace for granted. We should not take the grace of God for granted. Hallelujah. We can get up. The Holy Spirit was given to each one of us to ensure that we each get to where God has called us to get to. Listen to the Holy Spirit when he leads you. Listen to his guidance. He has never left you. You don't have to feel him to know that he's there. He's there.